everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. Uh, what is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. It doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. That's a lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I'm Victor. I'm Max. And I'm Kitty, and welcome to Hounds of Horror, our weekly podcast where we talk about horror movies and all of the delightful things that come with them. Speaking of hounds, uh, our dog, Calcifer, I think we've mentioned him before. Do you ever hear, like, weird noises, squeaking noises, sighs, burps, farts occasionally? Snoring. It's almost always him. Like, he sleeps all day, and then as soon as we start recording, he's full of energy. <laughs> so, this is just a blanket statement from here until forever. He also chooses nails while we're recording. That's his favorite pastime, apparently. So. It yes. drives me to distraction. <laughs> and back again. Um, and if you ever hear the couch squeaking repeatedly, it's probably because Max is trying to make the dog go lay down because <laughs> he's being annoying. So. That's our housekeeping, I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to our podcast, guys. Yeah. Um... So this week we did Brightburn, a movie about a horrific little child. Um, (laughs) It starred Elizabeth Banks, David Denman, Jackson A. Dunn, uh, Matt Jones, and Meredith Hagner. And the IMDb plot summary is, after a difficult Struggle with fertility, Tori Breyer's dreams of motherhood come true with the arrival of a mysterious baby boy. Brandon appears to be everything Tori and her husband Kyle ever wanted, bright, talented, and curious about the world. But as Brandon nears puberty, powerful darkness manifests within him, and Tori becomes consumed by terrible doubts about her son. So. No, she doesn't. Yeah, I was going to say, not <laughs> really, though. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Yeah, at this point... Spoilers are out pretty. If you haven't watched it, we encourage you, as always, to please stop listening to this and learn your lesson already and watch the movies that we're talking about (laughs) before we talk about them. Also, I just want to mention that it is a 2019 movie and it is also rated R, so keep that in mind whenever Mm. you're watching it. I think it's the first R-rated movie that we've covered. Maybe that might actually be true. Because Mercy Black, La Llorona... The Ring. You telling me The Ring wasn't rated R? It was PG thirteen. Oh, that's right, it was. Yeah. No, so I mean, I don't. I think this is the first one that was rated R that we've seen. Ooh, well. Good thinking to warn our listeners at home that this is a rather graphic movie, and I actually really appreciate that they made it R because they wouldn't have been able to make it quite so graphic. I don't like anything that's rated R. I wish they had made Batman movies rated R. Wasn't the original one? The original ones were, I think. I was going to say, the Tim Burton ones. But the Dark Knight, those movies and stuff? 
They lost a lot of what well, whatever. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Real quick, I forgot to mention it was directed by David Yarovsky and it was written by Brian and Mark Gunn. Just yes. Real quickly, um, wanted to add that in there. I usually try to let people know who did all that fun stuff. Yeah. What was the last name you had on your list of actors and actresses, Kenny? Uh, da, 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 da. I lost it. Hold on. The last person that I mentioned was Meredith Hagner. 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 She I, played Marilee McNichol. Oh, uh... The aunt, Marilee. Okay, I actually don't have her on my list. Oh. Because um, I think there's a lot more interesting people to name. No offense oh. to her. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what else she's been in. Her. She looks really familiar to me, but I don't know what she's been in either, so I'm just kind of looking really quick. She does, and she did a good job as uh, Miss McNichols. McNichol. Um, Miss McAnt. Yeah. But this is kind of loaded. Well, half-loaded, maybe. Half-cocked, perhaps? Half-cocked, yes. Uh, obviously, we have Elizabeth Banks as Tori Breyer. She's been in tons all of stuff. All the things. Yeah, all <laughs> the things. She was Effie Trinket in The Hunger Games. Sal from Modern Family. You guys remember Sal? She's kind of like the crazy, go-lucky friend. I vaguely remember that. To the gay couple. Yeah. But she has, like, not like separation issues once they have their own baby. Oh. That was her. Okay. And she was uh, Dr. Kim Briggs in Scrubs, too. Yes. Surely everybody's seen it. Uh, David Denman played Kyle Breyer. Him I haven't really seen in much before. He was Rory Anderson in The Office. The Office. The Office. He was Pam's kind of jerky ex-fiance. Yes. That's really the only thing I recognize him from. Yeah, I don't think that he's really been in much else major I that I can think, think of. I think that he's in a Netflix original that's called... It's something like Zero Dark Thirty, but it's not. It's a procedural, uh, like military drama. I think that it's a like a what do they call biopic? I think, but I don't know. Uh, about it. He was also Ed Brooks in Parenthood and Mark Holder in Outcast, which I've never seen. Hmm. So you were talking about Mark Denman? No, I wasn't. And it was David Denman. No, well, whatever. Uh, well, we were done with him. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. So it was David Denman. Uh, yeah, we are. Yes. Jackson A. Dunn played Brandon Breyer. The only other thing I think people might know him from is he played 12-year-old Scott Lang in Avengers Endgame. 12-year-old. Oh, okay. Interesting. Again, he's a young actor, so. Yeah, not really a lot. He's got time. Matt Jones played Noah McNichol. And I know him best as Badger from Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. The okay. friendly, stupid, drug-dealing... <laughs> simple. More simple. Simple. He reminds me a little bit of that actor from The New Guy, the one that voiced the bit. older Spider-Man and into the Spider-Verse. And, yeah, Jurassic World, who was the, the Nick. IT guy. From The New Girl. Yes, his name is Nick. A little bit. A little bit. But anyway, sorry. Steve E.G. I'm positive I'm saying that right, because I saw him on Harmon Quest. How does it spell? Uh, A-G-E. I'm certain Aggie? it's E.G. It's not Aggie. <laughs> I'm certain, let's move on. Steve E.G., I'm sorry if that's not how you say it, but I'm certain it is. He made an appearance briefly as E.J. in this movie. He was, if I'm remembering right, the guy in the bar. He's a very large man. Oh, the, the curly-haired bearded guy? Yeah, yep. Okay. That's uh, Steve E.G. Okay. E. okay. Who is very funny. Man. And if you haven't seen him on Harmon Quest, I highly suggest it. He's been in so many. Even if it's just little bits here and there, like... His list just goes on and on. And the last guy that I put on here, it's one of the kids from the high school that Brian went to. I put him on here just because of his name. Uh, he did a great job in the movie. His performance was fine. But his name is Abraham Clinkscale. Abraham Clinkscale. Clinkscale. I don't believe that. <laughs> that sounds like... Nope, you're right. The over-fictionalized name that you'd give to, like, a robot version of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> this is my creation. Abraham Clinkscale. Yeah. Robot dragon Abraham Lincoln. He did have a minor role in Black Panther movie. 
But in uh, Brightburn, he was one of the kids that was kind of making jabs at Brandon. Weren't they all, though? Well... Just real quick, the bar scene that had Steve E.G. in it, there was a, a fellow in there named Travis, and he's played by an actor called Stephen Blackheart, and I just want to talk about the fact for a second that he looks like he could be the real father of Jackson A. Dunn, who plays Brandon. <laughs> 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 and then the, uh, the, the deputy sheriff, the female deputy sheriff, kind of looks like she could be his mom, and I made a joke while we were watching the movie that it was like he got the role on the, for the movie, and he was like, I'll only be and if my parents can be in it too <laughs> <laughs> it's quite possible I had a problem right out of the gate with the movie well hold on one second oh I don't want to hold on one sorry, second sorry but I think that Vic had um, some lore stuff or some phobia stuff that he wanted uh, to go into not lore that's normally what I do but I didn't do that so right I mean there's tons here you could have gone into because it's comic book based but it's fine. mine that I tried to find was a phobia of being afraid of your children there exists plenty of phobias just of having a general fear of children but not really any specifically towards your children so I went in a little bit of a different direction I looked at um, changeling which the general idea behind a changeling is a child that looks and acts like yours but is different there's something odd or off about them that they just one night they just change and this apparently is actually a pretty old term, came out of Britain, and it was typically used to describe children who were suffering from an illness or an infection. Typically, a lot of times, any kind of mental illness especially, they would basically, they were considered that some mythical creature came in the middle of the night and stole their real child away and left this horrible facsimile in their place that was a... a there's the dog coughing. It was a, a pale reflection of, of what their child was. So anytime that a child like had a fever or any time that they, well, not any time, but a lot of times, uh, especially like after concussions, a lot of times that can cause drastic changes in personality and behavior. People chalked it up to that they're a changeling. The talk around the town would be that this kid was a changeling. That was basically all I could find that kind of fit it was that, you know, overnight your child's entire personality changes and they become kind of a little bit of a monster. So there's that for you. Just, uh, there's actually, I think, I want to say that there was an episode of Lore that they actually turned into one of the, the episodes on Amazon Prime where they talk about changelings. I'm pretty sure. I know that there was a movie I did not watch. I believe it had Angelina Jolie. Angelina. It was specifically called Changelings. Angelina Jolie. Jolie. And let's sing that. That's a good song. I don't know what that one. There's another one. I don't know the guy's name. Really about changeling. I'll have to figure it out and I'll send uh. it to you. Okay. One of the first things that you didn't like about the movie, what was that? <laughs> I hate when they give context, like they pan over the stuff that they're preoccupied with at the moment. You mean the fertility books? Yeah. The infertility books? Yeah, they're like, how to get pregnant, like this and that, and I'm like, and there's been a ton of movies that have done that, too. The pregnancy books in the beginning of the movie, like, oh, they can't have a kid. It's. Uh, I mean, I'm not as bothered by that just because it, it. we learn in, what, that three-second camera pan what they would probably end up explaining, and they do end up explaining later on, in like 30 to 40 seconds of un unnecessary dialogue, exposition dialogue, where they're like, you know, we've been trying for so long, and she did, she said that multiple times throughout the movie, we've been praying, we tried for so long, we got you, and you're a miracle. So I don't mind that as much, but I get where you're coming from. It's kind of one or the other, I think. Thank you, I needed that validation. Mm -hmm. I know you do. I mean, it did kind of set it up, though, for why they would just kind of take an alien baby out of a shuttle. They didn't know it was an alien. It could have been from a research facility. Okay. Who jumps to that thought? <laughs> Alien but baby. Also, what human being would walk away from an infant who just crash landed in like some kind of pod? You'd have to be a really cruel human being to just. 
not. Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I would struggle with it, but at the same time, now having seen this movie, if I found a baby <laughs> in a space pod, I probably would not take it in as my own, but... Yeah, after this movie. <laughs> no, yes, you would. It would crash, and I you'd be like, what the hell? And then you would open it up and be like, it's a baby! And then we'd all cuddle it and stuff, and I feel like it could look even something akin to E.T. or Yoda or... Okay, but, like, baby Yoda's adorable, so... <laughs> Alright, that's fair. <laughs> I invalidated my own point. <laughs> so, this is... Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Kitty, I'm sorry. Well, I actually have a point to, to go off of that. This is the second movie in a row that we've watched where a family struggling with fertility takes in a random child they just happen to find somewhere. That's true. <laughs> and then there ends row. up being something terribly wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So the moral of this story. <laughs> it's not a great recipe. No. Anyway. I, I... I was trying to stop you because I was worried I'd forget, even though I have it written down. My thoughts about these, this panning over these pregnancy books, it's hardly better than playing era-appropriate music so we know what time period it's in, which they did later. <laughs> did they, though? They did. I can't think of the song. Uh-huh. I there's... mean, it was taking place around now. Oh, you mean whenever they first did the, the scenes in the beginning or whenever they were doing the, the home movies? I don't Because, like, after they get past the home movie part... It's taking place presently. I had thought so. I'm telling you, there, there is at some point they were playing this old music, and it's like they might have just been doing that because it was like something that one of the characters would have picked. Because the cell phone that the aunt that Mary Lee had that she very obviously texts on texts Text. on is really new. It's a large touchscreen phone of some variety. It looks like a Galaxy. We are not paid for, nor are we uh, accepting any kind of contributions from. Samsung. <laughs> Samsung. But we could, because they make great phones that don't explode. <laughs> yes, we don't take any endorsements from Samsung, maker of the Galaxy phone. <laughs> so, I want to say again that I suggest this movie because I was really excited about it. And real quick, I'm thinking that this is honestly going to be the logical next step for comic book movies, because they're kind of played out at this point. The the idea that you're going to go into a comic book movie, you're going to, there's really nothing new that they can do there as far as like the action, adventure, even a little bit of romance. But at this point, if you want to keep making these movies interesting and fresh, whether it's Marvel, DC, whatever, you're going to have to start stepping into new territory. And in cinematically speaking, that's genres. So seeing a superhero movie that's horror is a new concept. As far as I know, I think there's uh, Marvel's doing a, runaways offshoot or something like that that's going to be might be the eternals actually now that i'm thinking of it that's going to be horror based but it's just kind of a logical conclusion for something that's kind of at this point getting a little stale so i'm yeah was super excited about that. i would agree with that they do a little bit of kind of exposition stuff in the beginning um with the the home movies and then with the little like hide and seek game that brandon and tori are playing together and she finds him in the garage or in the the barn and then i think it was like later that night or something well then there's like the little school scene where the Caitlin's super nice to him and he's like, no, I have a crush. Yeah. Just real quick, I wanted to add to that. The difference between bees and wasps are that bees are required to pollinate many different types of fruiting flowers and plants. And without them, I think the human race would last a couple of months. Wasps are just 
fucking assholes with wings. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's very true. They do a very slight amount of pollination. But <laughs> I did see them like eating the, I mean, I guess that's not pollinating, but they were eating the pears off of our tree this past summer. But, <laughs> so I'm sorry, uh, I interrupted you. No, that's fine. There's the kind of like sort of flirty scene in the beginning where he... Ooh, in, in this, don't call it a flirty scene with 12-year-old kids. Not okay. I mean, kids are starting to flirt at that age. No, They're no. in middle school. No, no, no. Yes, they do. They don't flirt until they're at least in college. (laughs) (laughs) He's a new dad. (laughs) So Brandon answers this really smarty smart question and then all the kids in the class make fun of him and Caitlin turns around and she says, that's okay. The smart guys are the ones who end up owning the world. And she's not wrong. (laughs) She's not wrong at all. (laughs) But then that's where we get our first kind of creepy thing at the night, at the night, at that At at that night. I'll do it on the night. He comes home, goes to bed, and the space pod that he landed in that his parents kept for some fucking reason starts calling out to him from the trapdoor in the barn. Well, they didn't know. Maybe he needed to be recharged by it every so many years. Maybe. Like, they don't fucking know. And the only thought that I had during the whole scene, because Tori goes out and finds him in the barn, is where the fuck is the dad during all of this? I don't know. I'm thinking maybe he was downstairs in the den watching some sport ball or whatever. Sport ball? He is a farmer, so maybe he was doing farm stuff. Maybe. Mm-hmm. He was out watching that, watching the chickens to make sure that wolf wasn't coming back. Yeah. <laughs> the wolf. I imagine him having a very wily Coyote relationship with that wolf. <laughs> oh, you. I, I don't remember if it was in the beginning of the movie, but did Tori, to, at one point, I believe Tori had on a Ramones t-shirt. She might have. Somebody did. And I swear to God, this isn't the first horror movie we've seen during this podcast. Someone's been wearing a Ramones t-shirt. Mm. All right, band shirts. That's a new category we start, have to start keeping track of. I think maybe in La Llorona. Because it took place in the 70s. Um, Would make sense. Batman's coming by. Wow. Oh, also, Tori has purple highlights in her hair. In the very, very beginning. So does Caitlyn. I didn't notice Caitlyn's. Yes. Didn't notice that either. What's with all the fucking purple highlights? Well, they're cool, okay? I'm not saying they're not cool, but everybody in this fucking movie had them. I'm going to answer your question with an irrelevant different question. What the fuck is up with her artwork? What is she doing? Yeah. That's true. It's like some weird, like, realism abstract bullshit. Like, she was painting weird purple streaks on a cow. (laughs) (laughs) That she had presumably just painted. I'm sorry. I cannot stop yawning. I didn't drink enough coffee today. I'm so sorry. So, we're professionals, I swear. (laughs) So, yeah, he wakes up from the the sleepwalking thing, and the next day he goes out back, and arguably my favorite scene in the whole movie, he's trying to start the lawnmower. (laughs) You say this is your favorite scene? It's probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, and he throws it over his head, like, 500 yards behind him, and I cackled out loud whenever it happened. <laughs> like, I, I expected him to, like, just kind of throw it behind him, like, a couple of feet, but it just goes fucking flying through the air behind him, and it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yes. And I have a technical note about that. Uh, it's probably the same one I have. Go uh, ahead. Well, there's no way he's going to launch that lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> If anything, he would have just ripped the ripcord right out of the thing. That would have been the first thing to break. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's a, the, my note is slightly different, but along those same lines. And I, I don't remember, because he was getting really mad. And I think the idea there is that they're starting to set up the correlation between his anger and his strength, or his anger and his powers. Because it doesn't manifest until he starts getting really pissed off because he's getting frustrated. And then I thought he actually throws it. Like, I thought he gets, like, unmad enough that he just kind of chucks it and it goes flying. Um, I'll have to go back and watch that scene now that we have that question. But my note was, along the same lines, 
There's no fucking way you could throw that thing a football field away, launching it five or six hundred feet in the air, and have it come back down and not only land, but still run. <laughs> land on the engine and still run. <laughs> so I just put in my notes, wow, it's a tough mower. <laughs> Very reliable. Yes. I believe that night, then, is whenever the, the dad finds him ogling the chickens, and the chickens are freaking the fuck out. Yeah, I don't remember, but it's highly possible. Uh, it's the next note that I have, so I'm guessing that's what happens next. <laughs> I have... And the mom's the one being dismissive, and this is where she starts, like, all of her dismissive bullshit about, like, that that horror movie trope that I hate where one partner acts like the other partner is fucking insane and is, like, not gaslighting them because they're not the ones doing anything, but they're they're making them think that they're crazy or something whenever there's something legitimate happening. Discounting their fears. Yes. But I I think that somewhere in there, there's the scene where Badger from Breaking Bad tries to give the kid a gun, even though they talked about it, which that's, like, (sighs) a huge no-no. If you know anyone that has children, and they've specifically said, like, I don't want you, like, I don't want weapons or guns for them or whatever. Like, wait until they're 21, I guess, is the age you have to be to own a gun. Wait until they're 21 and either give it to the men or give give them the option to get it for them. Don't give it to them when they're still, like, under the the guidance of their parents. Because that explicitly goes against their wishes, so... Or talk to their parents about what an appropriate age would be. Yeah, because he was like, well, we talked about there's no guns. And, like, I get it. Like, I mean, there's a lot of young children that hunt, but... Well, yeah. and they live on a farm, and the dad has guns. Like, yeah. he has guns, and he has them for the purpose of killing predators and for hunting. And he, I'm sure that he has the intention of eventually teaching him how to hunt, but giving a kid a fucking firearm without talking to their parents about it first is a little bit ridiculous. It's a badger thing to do. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, badger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they find the the smut under his his uh, mattress. They find the... The lingerie oh, picture. yeah, the lingerie and, catalog. And the the guts and the gore. The anatomy. And that's another thing that they're dismissive about, I feel like, and I'm really uncomfortable about, because... That's not a normal (sighs) thing, typically. Yeah. If they're hiding that along with their porn stash, that's a little bit of a red flag. Well... For any normal kid, let alone one that you found in an alien space pod. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If there's... Yeah, weird anatomy pictures with the porno. Yeah. But if you have kids and they're teenagers and you go looking around their room for stuff, yeah, that's on you. You're going to find weird ass shit. <laughs> you're going to yeah. find something you're going to be like, the fuck? Yeah. Yup. It's going to happen. <laughs> I The next note that I had was because the, I actually really enjoyed the dad having a talk with Brendan. Like, oh, maybe we should have the talk with him. So he takes some hunting, gets out in the woods. Penis. He did. He did. He, yeah. Because it's rated R. You can't say penis <laughs> in PG-13. It's not what the P stands for. Penis 13. Penis 13. <laughs> anyway, penis guidance 13. So he takes Brandon out. He has awkward conversation with him. Really, like, the, the two characters have great chemistry. It's played off really well. And then Brendan kind of freaks him out by saying, you mean, like, right now? It's okay to think about that, like, right now? And Dad's like, no, not, like, right now. Like, okay, good talk. Like, <laughs> I really enjoyed that scene. Um, but he unintentionally gives Brendan the go-ahead to start being fucking creepy. Yeah, Brandon. 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 He does. (laughs) I also got really kind of grossed out, too, because the mom said that they were fooling around by the time they were 12. Flirting is acceptable. Fooling around, to me, that means... She did say that, didn't she? Things that are way too sexual. I think she said around his age, but... Maybe. I don't know, but... Around his age is, like, four more years, perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, as I discussed earlier, maybe, like... 
12 more years. Yeah. <laughs> but, I remember when I started fooling around. Thank Christ for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He does give him the go ahead. He's like. Unintentionally. Unintentionally. Because he, he doesn't realize what he's saying. Because he, he was like, oh, oh, right now? And he's like, no, not right now. So Brandon takes that to mean later. And takes that to mean that he can go be a fucking creep. But. Wait. What? What? Because it was later that night whenever he crept into Caitlin's room. Oh, okay. I think that was... So, Brandon understood the talk, though. Yes. Okay. I think he... I thought Brandon was thinking about his powers when his dad was talking to him. Oh. It's very possible. It's kind of muddy there, but... But the dad does say penis. He does say... He says it's okay to touch it. It's hard to confuse that. (laughs) Yeah. Penis. (laughs) So, yeah. Like I said, I have written here that there's a fine line between cute and creepy, and parents, please, for the love of God, teach your children the difference. Yes. So, anyways, Kitty, I think you're about to mention what Brandon did later. (laughs) He starts playing a love song on Caitlin's laptop, and was it 16 Candles? Or not 16 Candles. What was it that was playing on it? I don't remember. Uh, Yeah, But there's a song playing on her laptop, and then she shuts it, and then it starts playing again, and then she shuts it, and then she gets into her bed, and she's- or she is walking towards her bed, and she fucking sees him standing behind the curtain in her- in her bedroom. No. You do not just randomly show up in a girl's room in the middle of the night. Because she was nice to you one time. <laughs> yeah, that's some ill incel bullshit. You don't go there. In his defense, <laughs> he is a growing okay. young boy with evil superpowers. Yes. <laughs> fair. Arguably, maybe no other child in his high school or the world could mantle onto her windowsill and, and, and turn the laptop on and open it faster than a speeding fucking bullet. Yeah. So it's confusing for him. (laughs) Whenever she calls for her mom, too, she just goes, Mom? (laughs) And, like, I feel like her mom wouldn't have been able to hear her from wherever she was in the house unless she was literally standing right outside of her bedroom. You don't know. Her mom also probably couldn't hear her over her mom's constant bitching. Yeah, that's probably fair. So there's that, too. Although her bitching later in the movie is honestly called for. We'll get to that. We will. I just wanted to point out, I, I agree with you, Max. I think that not only is this a really confusing time for him, and not only is he an alien, but he basically has three parents. He's got the mom and the dad, and then this weird spaceship that's giving him cryptic commands that's slowly understanding, that he's slowly yeah. understanding, <laughs> like the weird language, like Sumerian language that he's speaking as he's slowly piecing it together. Yeah. I'm going to argue, Victor, that aliens wouldn't speak Sumerian, but it is reminiscent. It's reminiscent. It's It's got that same Sumerianicity. I like to split her. The next day, Caitlin is super fucking creeped out about the fact that she saw this kid in, his room, in her room. Rightfully so. Yes. And she doesn't catch him during a trust fall exercise, which, by the way, <laughs> Max just underlined to me a note that he had that says, worst gym teacher ever. You don't let 12 year olds do trust fall exercises. They're all fucking bullies. Oh, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. They're all assholes. Somebody's going to get hurt. You yeah. don't do it. So she lets him fall and then he, he breaks. Hits. He does. He cracks his head off of it. He does. And the gym coach is like, gym coach? Yeah, gym coach. Gym teacher. Yeah. He's he's telling Caitlin to pick him up. And he is like aggressively like barking the order at her to help him up. And she's going, ew. (laughs) Like, you know, 12 year old girls do. Yeah. And Brandon breaks her fucking hand. Because. So this is the part that I was getting to with the mom. Real quick though. I like, 
This is where his poor judgment starts, where he doesn't just break her hand because she's going to help him up and he starts squeezing it and breaks her knuckle. So he basically folds her hand in half from each knuckle, each knuckle. Then he snaps it backwards and breaks her wrist too. Yeah. Like, dude, one could maybe be an accident. The other one is definitely intentional. Yeah. (laughs) But at this point, nobody was like, he was strong enough to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's Nobody like, oh, thought. that's just fucking normal. Yeah. Like, no. This little whippet of a 12-year-old boy was able to snap two bones in her arm. He's just being an angsty kid. Now, like, it takes tremendous amount of strength to do that. And this, this is honestly where Erica's bitching, Caitlin's mom, her bitching, makes sense to me. Because two fucking days suspension for assaulting her child. Assaulting her, like, to the point where she's in the hospital. And so I get it. Like, I fucking get it. If that were my kid, I would be furious that he wasn't getting more than a two-day suspension. Two weeks, maybe. That, I mean, that would be a little bit better. But he got two days, which is consequently just enough time for him to wreak havoc on everything, also. So. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But, yeah, she seems to be the only one who actually understands the This severity. isn't acceptable. <laughs> yeah, she's the only one who understands the severity of the situation and realizes that she's in a horror movie. Oh, I also... Okay, well, go, I think we should... She pisses him off. His anger gets intense. He goes to the diner. I just want to say that I really appreciate that he made a really shitty supervillain costume like superheroes make really shitty superhero costumes the first time that they make one. <laughs> yeah. That was and he probably... made from a blanket from his bed. Oh, yeah. And a shoelace. <laughs> we skipped my favorite scene. <laughs> oh, no. So, I guess they're conjunction the two scenes side by side that are both my favorite scene in the movie. And that is when they pan up and they show the buyer's sign on the mailbox in the same way that we've seen countless times the Kent name on the mailboxes and the fact that his name is Brendan Byers, I think it's Briar. Briar. Brandon. Brandon. Briar. Briar. I'm thinking of the ice cream <laughs> and someone else named Brandon. So I just thought that was fun because Clark Kent and Brandon Briar. I like that contrast there. But also the first time that he starts to hear the womp womp from the whatever the spaceship thing he has is and he gets out of bed, the way that his blanket falls and they show a shot of his feet underneath the bed, the way the blanket falls makes it look like he has a cape. It does. Yeah. It, does. it was amazing. Like I just, I love that they're like, they start out being like, he's kind of like, su- like Superman. He's like Superman. <laughs> start yelling at your fucking face. I'm sorry. They really do. It's also about this time, I think it's before the diner slightly, that his mom like starts researching the night that he showed up. Mm-hmm. Like meteors over Brightburn. Oh, by the way, folks, Brightburn is the name of the county they live. Yes, I take issue with that. That that's the name of the whole. That's movie. the name of the fucking movie, Brightburn. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, what? Also, real quick, Google. I was not expecting to see Google in this movie because it's a Sony movie. It's one of the major production companies. I expected it to be some weird Sony offshoot. I don't know if they even have their own search engine, <laughs> but I didn't expect it to but be Google. Sony does it. have the. <laughs> does have the Sugal. Sugal, yeah. <laughs> they do have the money to get the rights to show Google. Like a lot of times yes. in these movies they don't have the rights, so they use I don't just... know that Google would ask for money, honestly. I think they'd be like, You wanna use our search engine in your movie? Go for it. Yeah. But- Hey, listeners, I want you to hold me to this. I am going to try and contact Google and see <laughs> how much it would cost to, uh, yeah, just have a mention of them somewhere in some media of some form. <laughs> Hopefully this I'll have an answer media? for that. What? <laughs> this one, this media? Yes, possibly. If they say yes, I'll be like, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Google. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, that was some free advertising. But anyway. We are not, like not sponsored by Google. No, we are not. <laughs> Google. <laughs> or We're not Samsung. sponsored by Google. Yeah. <laughs> But we're open to it. <laughs> a sponsor is please. Because I don't like working. That would be cool. Maybe they'd send us one of those egg things that their employees get to relax in. 
You know what I mean? Like it's, one of the chairs? It's like, like the... it's like an egg shell that comes down over you and you just, like, it plays music and soothing pictures. It's like a pod or something like that. That yeah. sounds fantastic, have a name for actually. It. And they have slides that go to their break room. Okay, okay, let's continue on with the movie. <laughs> Michelle and Alyssa at Madhouse Designs offer a selection of adorable masks, keychains, and tumblers. Their designs are so cute and cover a range of different themes, including The Little Mermaid and Hocus Pocus. The best part? Most of them are customizable. Check out their shop at etsy.com shop slash Madhouse Designs store to see what they have to offer. I'm sorry, Max, I interrupted you. You were starting to say about before the diner scene, her researching. Oh, yeah. Six hours ago we started this conversation. <laughs> Just in my mind, now that he's 12 and starting to become evil and apparently alien like he is, it's a little late to be doing that research. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Probably should have done it 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, Victor, if I told you you were pregnant with an alien, like, there's a good chance you get on Google right the hell now and start trying to figure something out. I probably would. I might even Chromecast it up to my Samsung television. <laughs> it's not. I'm too we don't, cheap for that. We don't have a Samsung television <laughs> in Insignia, but... <laughs> and there's the Joker chasing Batman. Yeah. <laughs> in his maxed out ice cream truck. So we have the diner scene. Yes. So Brandon decides that he's going to chase down... Uh, what's Erica. Her Erica. Erica. And I'm still having a hard time understanding his power. So basically, obviously, the Superman dichotomy there, where he's supposed to be evil Superman. As far as I know, Superman's got a fucking stupid grab bag of powers. I don't like Superman. Sorry, listeners. I, I don't either. Sorry. I don't really. I mean, I'm not it. sorry. We shouldn't start talking politics. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't remember Superman ever having control over electronics or being able to cause an EMP to blow light bulbs out, but okay. I'm not I'm not gonna really get on it. I still I'm okay with that. But like, why is he writing the sigil all over to scare her? I think it's something that he can't help. I think it's some sort of weird compulsion, like mm. it because he started doing it on his notebook in school, and I think that it has something to do with his alien background. I don't know. I thought so too. But then later the the sheriff makes a comment that he thinks that it's two bees. Like, <laughs> That's the basis for his investigation. Backwards yeah. and forwards. And I was like, you crazy. But also, okay, I guess. But also, did Superman have laser beam eyes? Yes. He did have laser he beam eyes. He did have laser beam eyes. I was like, is and this a real thing? It is. I mean, a real fictional thing. They I mean, a real had... thing that Superman had. <laughs> That's what ice breath which I don't think they ever use in this movie, if I remember correctly. No. He had ice breath? Like, yeah. Anyway. And can we take this... Well, maybe. It's not important. No, if we're, if it's bashing Superman, I'm really interested. I was going to say, everybody... I, people... My friends used to tell me that Superman was a hero because he chose to use his powers for good. Okay. And I'm like, horse shit. But he didn't have to do anything to earn his powers. Like, yeah, he's doing the right thing with them, but he is in no danger to himself. It costs him nothing to be a superhero. So, do you feel that the X-Men who have, like, their mutant powers also aren't technically superheroes, even though they're doing good things? Well, they're also highly prejudiced against 
<laughs> okay. Uh, and Superman, everybody loves Superman, but everybody hates the X-Men. Mm, okay. But I, I'm, I'm comparing him to, say, Batman, who is just a man. If you shoot Batman, he's going to get hit with a bullet and it's going to hurt. But I think that the, the whole basis of the term superhero is that they have superpowers and they are doing heroic things. <sighs> so technically, by that definition, that he is a superhero. If we're going by technicality, yes, but I think he's a douche. I mean, I don't really care about Superman, but I think... <laughs> <laughs> Technically speaking, he is a superhero. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to make a legal case out of it, then yeah, he is. <laughs> also, he is an illegal alien. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah, build that fucking wall. I'd like to see that happen. <laughs> We'd need a dome. <laughs> Some kind of space force. Let's call <laughs> Professor Farnsworth. <laughs> Domundium. <laughs> All right, sorry, that was a, a very big tangent, maybe the biggest we've had so far. So we're back on we're track We're all very now. tired and under-caffeinated, so... It's <laughs> a great combination. Under-caffeinated, over-stimulated. Yes. Under-caffeinated, that's a good name for a band. <laughs> that's a good name. So, he gets glass in Erica's eye. Uh, Don't hey, pull that shit out. Yep, I wrote down, uh, where is it? Oh, that eye thing was fucked up, is what I wrote. <laughs> it really was, and I, I'll give her some points. If you're able to withstand having a, I'm going to roughly say, and Max will back me up here, I'm going to say about two inch shard of glass shoved that far into your eyeball and you're able to grab it and pull it out. Nope, nope. Props to nope, you. That's pretty nope, tough. But nope. also don't do that. Like, don't do that ever. If something gets stabbed in you, go to the hospital and have them do it. Because a lot of times you can do more harm than good by pulling something out. We're not certified doctors and we're not giving you medical advice. Yes. We're not. <laughs> I've been yeah. told. If you get stabbed in the chest, do whatever you want with it. That's true. Call 911. I love just that, the little touch after she gets that thing shoved into her eye and she goes to grab it and she can't help her eye twitch a little bit. I saw that too. I fucking love that it, like, little touch. It tinked off of her fingernail. Yeah, like like she can't help but like she like her eyes snap to one side yeah. instinctually and like you see the glass piece. Oh, that was awful. Vic told me not to watch during that part, so I didn't watch because <laughs> I hate eye scenes. I can't do it. I can't, like, put drops in my own eyes. I can't do it. So I, didn't, nice. I didn't watch it. My problem with the eye thing was I liked it up until she pulled the sliver out. Yeah. And, like, it squirted a tremendous amount of juice onto the floor. Like, like a stream. Like... Was it like eye juice or was it? I still wasn't watching it. I don't, I don't. It was like a little bit of blood and like what I assume would have been aqueous humor or whatever. Right. But it was way too much. I, I don't think your eye is under that much pressure. One of my bigger complaints about the movie comes at this part because they start showing things from her perspective with the bloody vision on the oh, left hand yeah. side. And they muffled her breathing yeah. during that and as if she were like. In a gas mask or something. Well, the light did explode. It did. But I don't know. I've broken those. What are they? Uh... But evil Superman made it explode. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I guess maybe he can do the, the angel thing from Supernatural where he does that like high-pitched squealy thing until stuff explodes. Maybe. Maybe. Your <laughs> yeah, I know. They, they just go poof when you break the real ones. This is evil Superman about to... Not that we've broken them or that we're advocating that you should break them yourselves. <laughs> I feel like we need to give so many disclaimers all the time. <laughs> Other than that, um, I really like that scene. I like yeah. the way that he was... He didn't intentionally try to hide in her bloody vision. He was just there. And in fact, it is a little later on that she finally gets the idea to cover her bloody eye, which, to be fair, you wouldn't really think about. And it would probably hurt a lot to like to even blink when you have that much damage to that tissue. Yeah. But she covers her eye, and then it kind of comes into focus, and she can sort of see what she's looking at, which is a stupid kid wearing a stupid costume. Yeah. <laughs> 
was about to fucking murder her. And take some more issue with the movie here. He is cutting the door in half with his laser eyes. Right. And then, well, before that, she runs into the freezer. Yes. And shuts the door. Locks herself. And puts the Jurassic Park latch in it. On the inside. On the inside. Yes. I don't think freezers would have a lock on the outside, so you can't accidentally lock somebody in. They specifically I don't have think a... they'd have one on the inside, because who's going to lock themselves in a freezer and keep everybody out? You know what? The one at the TA did, though. It had a lock on the inside. What's the TA? Uh, it was a restaurant that we worked at. Uh, it also had a handle on the inside to disengage that lock so you could get out if you were locked inside, which all of them have to now by, I believe it's a standard now. They're not allowed to be. You can't lock someone in it, period. Well, that's a dangerous thing. And, I mean, I think some of them you can have padlocks in them, but still, like... They're supposed to have some way of opening it from the inside so that you can't have what happened. And the fact that it has a lock on the inside, yeah. I was a little bit annoyed about that, too. It's the but. Jurassic Park pin lock. Yes. yes. The standard freezer lock, apparently, which yes. is very popular. Standard freezer lock. But when he cuts the door in half mm-hmm. and rips it off, the plate of metal holding the latch did not move. It stayed hovering in midair while the doors went flying off. But I didn't <laughs> notice that, honestly. I didn't notice that either. Yeah. Also, I like... I mean, I guess maybe just to try out and show off his new powers, but I didn't understand why he needed to x-ray it in half, in order, or laser it in half, before he ripped it off the hinge. He could have just ripped it off the hinge. It was just a cool effect. Yeah, I guess. And just to, I mean, just if you have laser it. eyes, you're probably going to use them. I mean, especially if you're a 12-year-old kid who just figured out that they had laser eyes. <laughs> Mother fucking laser eyes! Sorry, father fucking laser eyes. <laughs> I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> oh, that made me sad. Oh, yeah. I know you mentioned it earlier, Max, and I just want to say again that actually, I really do love that his costume looked like something a little kid put together for the first time. Like, it looked creepy, no doubt about it. It had a very much, like, Macho Libre feel to it, like a Mexican wrestler. <laughs> yeah. It actually, Did it, you say Macho Libre? Yeah. Nacho Libre. It's Nacho. Nacho Libre is the movie. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure that's why it's called Nacho Libre. Oh. It's the joke. I never... Uh... I could be very much wrong about that, so... We're experts on everything. Mm-hmm, all the time. Yeah. Dear Jack Black, which <laughs> is it, if you know. Sincerely, Max again. <laughs> see, it actually reminded me of the creepy gas mask kids from Doctor Who, from the John Barrowman episodes of Doctor Who. It did Who. have, like, a, a long snouch yeah. to it. And, the, like, the, it, yeah, it just, it looked... You say like, a long snouch? Snouch? Snouch. Because I'm using that word from here on out. He kind of looked like a snork. <laughs> he did kind of look like a snore. Oh, God. That's rather scary. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I actually just, like I said, I really enjoyed that it the costume design looked like something a kid would. So, yes, the diner scene, he fucks her up, and then we don't know what happens to her after he grabs her. There's a crunch sound when he grabs her, so presumably he just murdered her right there. But we don't know, because the next day they start their investigation, and they all just assume that she disappeared. The cop somehow notices from across the fucking diner oh, that yeah. there was something written in... On the window at some point. That showed up. It's like in Constantine. Whenever she goes over the window and she says, like, this is how we used to keep notes to each other. She doesn't, just what window to go to. Yeah. Out of all the windows in her high-rise apartment, she knows just which one to go to. Oh, wasn't that the hospital, though? No, I'm pretty sure they went back to her apartment where she jumped. Oh, I guess you're right. It was her room in the insane asylum. She probably had one window that didn't open. That's Okay, so that's fair. That That is a little bit more reasonable. But yes, this cop, the sheriff in the town, from across the room in broad daylight realizes that someone fogged up a window, wrote something on it, and it showed up whenever it got cold and the condensation built up on the windows that night. Pretty lazy ready. So, yeah. Erica is presumably dead at this point. And Do we I, ever see Caitlin again after that? Ever? No. I don't think so. Because he got back into her room. Yeah, he before said... Before he went to kill Erica. <laughs> she said, my mom, something, something. He's like, oh, I'm going to go take care of that right now. My mom doesn't want me talking to you. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. The bar scene with Stevie G. Yeah, where yeah. the guy makes the very odd assumption of, hey, does your kid do it? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's just the running gag that like he's always doing that. Like, hey, did your kid do this? I don't know. Well, this is just like, a really weird thing to say. It would be funny if that's what he's been saying for the last 15 years that we've been going to that bar. <laughs> hey, did your kid do it? Amazing. <laughs> Someone lit a dumpster on fire outside the school. Hey, did your kid do it? I gotta be right one of these times. It's gotta happen. The law of averages. <laughs> but, okay, yeah, so he's supposed to go and talk to his aunt, who is the guidance counselor. Who Can we just talk for a second about the fact that I thought that his aunt was his teacher? I thought Because they look, she and the, the woman who was playing his teacher looked very, very similar. And I was very confused when they said that she was the guidance counselor. And I was like, how does she do both jobs? And then I realized that it was not the same person. They do look odd, very similar. But, yeah, so she tells him that she has to talk to the sheriff. She accurately clocks the fact that he has no fucking remorse for anything that he's done. And yeah. And then he, I guess he decides that he's going to fix her wagon. So... I have a question at this point. This kid, for 12 years, has presumably had emotions. He was kind of lovey with his mom in the beginning, like, hugging her and stuff. And seemed like a sweet, normal child. Mm -hmm. Whenever he turned 12, did that just, like, go away? Did hitting puberty make his alien side kick in and he no longer has emotion? Was he faking emotion his entire life? What was happening there? He did seem like a happy child. He did, and there are times where he still seems like... I mean, pretty much everything the kid does, and I will... I can get into this more later, but... It's just a kid making stupid choices. Like, he makes awful decisions. He does. He absolutely does. Like, writing down his sigil at every crime scene. Like, he's some kind of wannabe superhero. But in his mind, he's the good guy. In his mind, he is Superman. In his mind, he's got a costume on and he's righting the wrongs. And he can't let these people put him in jail because he's got some glorious purpose. But I honestly think that... For whatever fucking reason, the spaceship waited until some arbitrary date, which was his 12th birthday, to turn on and start corrupting him. And I think it was just like some kind of alien DNA was switched over. Okay. And he just started going crazy like he was on some kind of drug. And I think before he, I think it was before he went to kill Erica, I think was when he finally translated what the trapdoor was trying to tell him. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Like what the, the pod was trying to tell him. <clears throat> and that's when he, that's the first time he shoots his lasers too. Yeah. Because he says, take the world. And then he like screams and freaks out. And presumably that's when it starts to this, this thing kind of takes root in his mind and starts really changing him. And he finds the the trap door and starts, like, shaking on it and stuff. And, again, like, he does that. And then there's another situation where the whole time I'm going, where the fuck is his father? Where is the dad? Because the mom's always the one that finds him. And she gets him back into bed before the dad realizes that there's anything amiss. He's standing guard at that chicken coop. Apparently. Waiting for that wily wolf to come back. Yeah, I do appreciate that throughout the entire movie, though, that he is... Very much a kid. A a 12-year-old kid wouldn't know how to cover up his tracks in the diner. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't know how to make it seem like he he wasn't the one there. How to lie convincingly. Yeah. (laughs) But at the same time, there's no threat to him. So does he really need to lie? Well, that was the thing. I think that in his mind, he needs to hide his secret identity because that's what superheroes do and that's what he thinks he is. So he thinks that Paramount, he's supposed to hide his secret identity because that's what's important to superheroes. Who's the first person that calls his costume stupid? I think it's Noah. <laughs> I think you're right. It's not stupid. It's cool. Because he finds him in the closet. Yeah, at, he does. At the house. Who is this freaky costume? Right. Yeah. Right. What the fuck are you doing? 
Yeah, he goes. So he goes to his, his aunt's house to threaten her after mm. she says that she has to talk to the sheriff. Subtly, subtly threaten her. Yeah. Subtly threaten her. Yeah. I think he was going to kill her. He <laughs> definitely was going to kill her. Also, he was moving so silently throughout that house, and I just want to know, like, he's just learning how to control his powers. How is he moving at mock speed and not crashing into things like a jackass? Or, like, <laughs> knocking into things like the fucking sound barrier. <laughs> yeah. Sending a sonic boom through the house. Like, <laughs> I wanted to see at one point him floating through the house behind her. Like, not walking, just floating a few yeah. inches off the floor everywhere she went. Just hovering behind her. <laughs> and the part where Noah goes in and starts brushing his teeth. I laughed. I laughed out loud when he flew out. That whole scene of, I'm just going to call him Badger because it's better, of him being like, oh shit. (laughs) I like that whole thing with him. That whole thing with him. Yeah. What did he think it was a bat? I don't know. And then he finds him in the closet and he's like, what are you doing in my closet? He was like, Aunt Marilyn was helping me with a paper. And he was like, then why are you in my closet? Get in the damn truck. I'm taking you the hell home. <laughs> and that's my one of my favorite lines from Brandon is, don't tell my parents. Like, <laughs> don't tell my parents, yeah. He's like this super strong superhero. And I think that that was the one last shred of humanity they were kind of hinting at. He didn't yeah. want his parents to know that he was terrible and evil. Yeah. He didn't really want to kill his aunt either. Like, he, in his mind, he gave her a choice. He gave her a chance of being like, you, you, that's not going to work out. Like, don't tell him. And she was like, I'm going to have to. So then we have the next death. Well, hang on. There was okay, another, I wanted to make another point yeah. quick. But like, and I had to go back and watch this because it didn't make sense to me. After Brandon comes to her house and acts real fucking weird. So weird. She doesn't call... Or text her sister to be like, hey, your kid's acting real fucking weird. Instead, she texts her husband and says, I'm going to bed and turning my ringer off. Drive safe, love you. Like, what the fuck? I just don't understand. She said it's not appropriate that he's there. Like, an aunt is a pretty close relation. Yeah. Know? I feel like if you showed up at your aunt's house in the middle of the night with no car, no nothing, like, the first thing I do is like, get your ass in the house. Like, yeah. <laughs> or, well, I mean, maybe not when they're being super fucking shady. Well,. Maybe. And creeping through the backyard and turning on their motion sensor. Oh, that's the other thing. All of these people, they live in the middle of nowhere in this presumably kind of rundown town, like looking at that diner, the school that they have is tiny, all that kind of stuff. And all of these people have really nice, relatively expensive, super modern houses with their super fancy, like, motion sensor speaker lights and all of that bullshit, which that would scare the shit out of me. I wouldn't be able to have one of those. <laughs> one that told you? i scroll around by the house and be like, front lawn, yeah. side I, yard. Yeah. I would have a heart attack 12 <laughs> times a night. I wouldn't be able to do it. Side yard, <sighs> nuclear launch detected. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I agree to an extent, but I think that his house was the one exception to that, where it did look like a farmhouse. It looked like a farmhouse, but it was a nice farmhouse, and yeah, the inside was really nice, too. And his room and the downstairs both had fireplaces. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. I thought that was a weird thing. I didn't actually notice that. Um, that's actually fairly common. I'm Max. I know about fireplaces. I do. <laughs> I sell fireplaces and fireplace accessories. <laughs> But yeah, that the whole <coughs> scene with uh, Noah slash Badger is just amazing. He's the only, like, he is all of us watching this movie. Because yeah. all of us would be just going, nope, nope, no. Exactly. Nope, nope, don't like that. Nope. He tries to get the kid in the truck, and of course he's not, because he's evil and weird. And yeah. he disappears. And then he takes off because he thinks that he's, like, running down the side of the road, and then he can't find it. Yeah. 
And at that point, I'm not sure if he was freaking out about what he thought Brandon was, or if he was freaking out because he thought that his stupid nephew had taken off through the woods and was going to get killed by something. I'm not entirely (laughs) sure what he was scared of. I'm not sure either. But... I mean, either way, he does get thrown about six feet back, four feet in the air. He's a grown-ass man. Yeah. I have made allusions to this before. That's not something you just get up from. No. Like, that is serious injury. And I imagine he's about our age. And getting out of bed hurts sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So getting thrown... Six feet backwards, four feet in the air, slamming into a somewhat hard object, and then falling out on concrete is going to lay you out for a while. If you lay flat on top of your car, which stands, what, maybe five feet up? Yeah. Yeah. And just rolled off flat onto the asphalt. Oh, God. You would be like, fuck my life. Like, my knees hurt now. Like, my back fucking hurts. Yeah. So you might be able to make an argument for adrenaline, though. Sure. Like, if, but if also, he's, like, hulking out. He was out, also drunk. Yeah. He was. That's fairly... It's very true as well. And you should not have been driving. We don't advocate for that at all. No, you're not, stupid. It doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. How close you live to your house. Theoretically, as close as you can possibly live. <laughs> it doesn't matter how drunk you are to your house. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> so he freaks out because I, honest, I also did I imagine it or when uh, when Brandon throws him, does he also like shoot some laser beams or at least make his eyes light up? His eyes nah. glow. Oh, they okay. did. Well, they were always kind of doing the creepy red thing when he has. That's on. true. He had like yeah. a, a general like Cyclops esque ready to blast you glow about them. Except for when he was hiding in the closet, he just looked like a stupid kid. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even like try to hide behind clothes. He was just standing in yeah. there. <laughs> um. So he just leaves his wife. He just leaves. <laughs> Bye, honey. I hope it all works out for you. And he just drives away. And that's probably leading up to his actual death. The scene of him in his truck is probably also one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Because, like, the... Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. nope. The kid is hovering in front of the truck. <laughs> and Badgers just look at him and like, nope. Nope. Tries to put it in yeah. reverse. And then Brandon fucks up the car and he can't get it to go. And Yeah, I didn't. Like, one smash to the side of the car apparently makes it stop working. Oh, my God. Which bothered me a little bit. But it, the scene, it's, it was fine. Like, it had yeah. happened. And like I said, it's another trope. Oh, uh, and then he Ugh. Brandon picks up the car oh. and pulls it, like, what, 30, 40 feet in the air? Something like that. Mm. And then drops it. Drops it on the nose. On the nose. On the, the, the grill. And he and wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Nope. And... Didn't have airbags. It did not. Apparently, apparently you can't eat a steering wheel. I would would say that that was the goriest scene in the the movie. Like, even taking into account the eyeball, that was the the goriest scene. Very uncomfortable. Like, whenever he wakes up and his jaw's hanging, he picks it up and tries to put it back in place. Yeah. And I I wrote down, my notes specifically say, so glad this was R. Yeah. Because I, I don't necessarily always advocate for movies being super gory just for gory's sake. But this movie, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it at all. And I kind of felt like it fit. Like, this kid is horrifically evil and murderous. And overpowered. And doesn't seem to give a shit about even people he's supposed to love. And honestly, well, well, I'll get to that in a minute. He kills his uncle and then he comes home shirtless in the middle of the night to his frantic parents and lies and says that they 
that he was playing soccer with kids who were bullying him and tries to recreate, like, sad, scared emotions. Yeah, like a fucking psychopath. Yeah. And they know that he's lying, and after he goes up to bed, they go into a separate room, and they're like, he's lying, obviously he's lying. Like, And it felt almost like it should be a comedy. Like, it should be a sitcom at that point. Just the way that they were arguing about it yeah. felt very comedic and, like... Well, like, what are we going to do? Like, and trying to figure out some hijinks for, like, figuring this kid out. And once again, the mom, Tori, yeah. right, staunchly supports her kid. No, he would never. No, like, we have to trust him. No, like, we have to support him. She's a yeah. staunch ally. The next morning, he comes downstairs and no emotion whatsoever about his uncle dying. They tell him his uncle has passed yes. away that night. And he's like, okay. Yeah. And he's, I think he says, I feel like you guys want me to be sad. Yeah. But then a few seconds later, he knows what he, kind of what he's supposed to say. And he's like, he was my uncle. I loved him. Yeah. But that doesn't match with the emotion. And I mean, you can't account for how somebody's going to respond to bad news. No. Grief so, is a weird emotion. It's really strange. Like, you could start laughing. You could go into shock. You could start crying, whatever. But he doesn't react at all. He doesn't even go, what? Like, And then he's like, but I loved Uncle Noah. And no, kid, nah, no, I don't think so. Also, I thought the mouth thing with Uncle Noah was a little unrealistic. I mean, it was. Oh, yeah. That was my opinion. I mean, 100%. I, <laughs> I think that if your jaw would break like that, I don't think the skin would tear. And I don't think the... the tendons would hold like that. I think it would, the skin would hold. I'm pretty, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I think you'd have some pretty fucked up swelling. Like, I'm pretty sure if your jaw dislocates, it's going to pop and you're going to have some pretty serious swelling. It's going to hurt like fucking hell. But typically, I don't think the skin's going to rupture like that. Yeah. Pretty sure your skin can stretch further than your jaw can. Yeah, just, it kind of ruined it a little bit for me. It's weird how certain things I can't get past. And they bother me, and I'm like, oh, fucking lawnmower wouldn't work. And then, like, I'm like, eh, I don't mind that scene. And they're like, I'm really bothered by that. And I'm like, it's, just, uh, it's weird. Certain things we're willing to di- suspend our disbelief for. Did Tori and Kyle both go to the hospital after they got the phone call from Mary Lee? I'm pretty sure. And they just left Brandon in bed. They didn't by know where himself. he was. I'm pretty sure it's before he got home, wasn't it? I, no, it was after because, like, he said about going to the, the soccer field, and then they were in the hospital, and. Marilee was like, did Brandon make it home okay? Yeah. And Tori just assumed it was because she had left her a voicemail frantic that Brandon hadn't come home. And Marilee was like, yeah, and like whenever he stopped by the house yeah. and she goes, he was at your house? So that was after he had been home. And yeah, I guess so they right. just yeah. left him at home in bed and didn't tell him what was <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't remember for sure. But yeah, but... the next morning when they tell him. And there's that confrontation where the dad gets very disciplinary and handsy and then Brendan throws him through the china cabinet or something. It was it was like a a barrier cabinet between that and the hallway that I think had glass on both sides because once he crashed through it you could see the, yeah, the hallway on the other side. I was confused by what that piece of furniture was. Yeah. I think it was built in. I think it was part of the okay. house. But it's irrelevant. I thought it was quite, kind of cool, though. I don't know. Next, but anyway. you're an expert on things and houses. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but at least Tori showed some concern for her husband at that point. Yes. Are you okay? <laughs> Immediately it was like, it's okay. Yeah. And it was like, he's going through a rough time. Brandon, just go to your room. Yeah. Like, very chill, doesn't yell at him. Which, I mean, honestly, yelling at him apparently at this point is inciting oh. anger, so it's. For the best. But, yeah, so she, they have that conversation, and then... The dad goes investigating. Uh, while Brandon's in the shower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And finds the bloody shirt. Confronts Tori, and she still defends him. Still defends him. 
And then he comes up with a brilliant plan, which at first I really thought that the way that their logic in this movie was going, I really thought he was going to take him on a hunting trip and fix him. I even with I usually am pretty good about figuring out plot lines and, and hidden meanings, and I didn't even put together that he was specifically taking him out to kill him. Oh no, I figured that out immediately. I was like, I, I was like, he's yeah. going to take this kid out into the woods and put him down. Like, because like he's made a sudden change. Like, oh, we'll, we'll take him out. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we're yeah. doing some old yeller here. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't. It didn't even occur to me. <laughs> and he was the one that made the observation to Tori too that like he's never had a scratch, he's never broken a bone, and yeah. yet he was the one that thought that he could kill him. Right. Yeah. So... To be fair, they never shot him before, so. Oh. And it is a horrible um, thing. <laughs> I think. It was either right before or right after the whole situation with Noah, they, he finds, he actually finds the pod, and Kyle and Tori tell him that he was found in the woods, that he's an alien. I think it actually might have been before he translated what the alien said. So at this point, he knows that he's alien. He knows that he's from someplace else, yeah. that he wasn't adopted through an agency, and he actually got really, really angry about it. Yeah, he got real mad, like he kept going back to that whole liar thing like you liar you liar you lied to me and like yeah that's like one of the things that seems to set him off and i don't know if that's supposed to be i, don't know. I think it just because they kept from him who he was like they'd been honest with him about the adoption but hadn't been honest with him about where they found him like where they got him from but <laughs> because he i think maybe in his mind he, there was a lot of wasted time where he could have known what he was and oh i just meant like he, he accuses multiple different people and gets upset with multiple different people not just his parents whenever he feels that they're lying yeah i guess that's true and he says it's like a constant theme for him he's like you're, you're a liar you're lying and i don't remember who else he yells that at but someone else says that they're going to turn him in or something and he says that they're a liar i think that maybe just because they like his family had been tori and kyle had been very honest with him or had appeared very honest with him through most of his life so but yeah i had a, a hard time most of the movie because i understand where where Tori was coming from, that even though he had these powers and he was doing these horrific things, that, like, he was still her baby. I and understand that. Oh, yeah. It It's so hard to reconcile those two things. Like, my kid is this terrible, horrible creature, but also he's my kid. And that's a really hard thing to reconcile, I think. Wearing a mask is important for the health of the community, so why not spice up your mask with holiday patterns? Zephra at ZEK Creations has your Halloween mask needs covered. Choose from a number of different patterns from different horror movies, video games, and other spooky-themed masks. Don't need a mask? Zephyr also makes headbands and keychains. Go check her shop out at zekcreations slash shop slash etsy.com. Alright, so Dad takes him out hunting and makes the truly poor decision, but it's really the only thing he can do, or at least in his mind, to shoot Brandon. And from, what, maybe six feet away? Eight feet away? Shoots him in the back of the head, and it goes about as well for him as you just kind of bounces off of the back of his head and Brandon immediately realizes what happened and instead of apologizing which really is the only thing you can do he tries to reload his gun and shoot him again yeah like my thing was I would have pretended it was an accident I would have been like oh I'm sorry I know it was loaded I'm so sorry like when you realize that it wasn't that was absolutely not going to work at all I tripped why would you think a second shot was going to help like in any capacity yeah yep I agree and he lets him run. I think he changes into his costume, doesn't he? Yeah, he flies off, changes into his costume, and then comes back and harries him for a little bit, and then melts his face off. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Laser beams. Mm -hmm. 
Meanwhile, back at the farm, the sheriff shows up and accuses Brandon of all this shit. And Tori still doesn't believe what's happening. But then that makes her go up and start looking through Brandon's shit. And the one thing that the sheriff presented was the the symbol that Brandon had been leaving everywhere. And that's when he's like, it looks like a backwards and a forward B, doesn't it? (laughs) And she goes up into Brandon's room and she finds the symbol written everywhere. And she finds drawings that Brandon has done of the crimes he's committed and of him in the superhero costume and all of these things. And that's when she finally starts to believe it. <laughs> yeah, Roy. Really late. <laughs> and she calls... I keep wanting to call him Roy because that was his name in the office. She calls Kyle's phone and Brandon picks up. Yeah. And he is at the house and that is the point where he starts smashing the house into pieces. By flying right through it. Yes. <clears throat> Continuously. Kind of flexing his powers a little bit. And then she calls 911, gets a hold of him long enough for them to dispatch. Officers arrive and he murders them pretty quickly, just the same way he did to his father. He, so he does the thing that you always talk about in superhero shows that you always get annoyed about. He runs into them as fast as he can, which The Flash does, Superman does. They all do that yes. on, at multiple different points on different occasions. And it never hurts the people that are being picked up or <laughs> saved by the superhero, even though it should completely smash them into a million pieces, which is what happens to the sheriff. Yes. Yeah. This is what actually would happen if you were saved by someone who was stronger than steel and moving at Mach 1. You would be a fine pink mist with maybe some chunky apple-sized bits left over. Which is precisely what happens. And I really appreciate that they did that. Again, appreciate that this was R, and there's no way they could have done that otherwise, and that is exactly how it should have gone. And it's interesting I didn't make that point, but I appreciate that you thought of that, because I do hate that in those shows. (laughs) You really really do. do. (laughs) The Flash trying to save someone who's flying over a car by grabbing them going the opposite direction at light speed, well, not light speed, but thousands of miles an hour is going to rip them in half minimum. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. they're murdered, and I'm going to give a spoiler warning here, and that brings us to my most hated scene of the movie. Kind of the whole scene, not just one thing that I hated. Her being able to get to the barn, yeah. considering how fast he's able to move, is bullshit. 100% bullshit. Her jumping out of the window to get away from him. Like, she hides from him somehow. Can't hear or can't see or whatever. She jumps out the window, and when she falls, she cuts her hand. And instead of just leaving it up to us and saying, okay, the audience is smart enough to remember the callback to when he fell and cut his hand, and I remember the dad saying that nothing, like he's never bled, he's never bruised, never anything. And her, like, making the connection that one thing that's cut him is the ship he came in on. Fine. That's great. That would have worked just fine, her looking at this cut on her hand. But instead, she has to fucking say it. And it's, yeah. it's, it's as annoying and as offensive to me as a moviegoer as them giving us a flashback to that scene and her then saying it. Like, it's just fucking annoying. Like, if you're setting things up like that, just let us figure it out on our own. Leave us breadcrumbs don't give us the whole loaf you know what i mean like it's you don't need to do that just let us figure it out on our own yeah we didn't need that she had the cut on her hand and then she made a beeline for the barn we would have figured it out and then like i said it's it's a little unfair i'm not picking one thing but that whole scene like her then going to the ship and being able to get a somewhat pointed object off the ship that is apparently indestructible but she's able to pull a piece off of her hands that is roughly knife shaped come on so this is the point in the movie where i start changing my opinion of what i want to happen i never really wanted brandon to die in the whole thing Mm -hmm. i i kind of wanted him to just fuck everyone up 
basically, because I that was what I came for. But my opinion started to change, and I was kind of hoping that Tori and Brandon would reconcile, and she would help him take over the world. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's an interesting thought. I, I honestly was just wanted to see him murder things because I kind of knew what I was getting into and I wanted to see a superhero movie where they were actually an evil monster and we saw what would really happen if everyday people had superpowers. Yeah. So I get where you're coming from and that would have been an interesting idea, but nope. She attempts to murder him and he skyrockets her in the atmosphere. Yeah, so I actually was confused about what was happening there. <laughs> she He slams her through the ceiling of the barn and I my brain didn't put two and two together and whenever they were up in the air I was like why is her face all bloody and I thought that they were trying to get it like they were at such a high altitude that like I don't know something was happening to her face I don't know it's plausible but (laughs) then I just like that entire scene kind of made me feel sick more than anything else in the movie just thinking about being that high up and knowing that he was gonna let her go (laughs) you would have way too much time to think about what was happening to you she deserved to have that time. Yeah, unfortunately, there were many, many opportunities for her to have made the right decision. I didn't feel bad for her at all. And I know there's nothing she could have done about what he was doing, probably, but, like, she let everybody die before... Yeah, I mean, I think that she might have actually been able to to stop what was happening. If, if they had recognized the signs, first of all, if they had been honest with him from the very beginning about what his heritage was. And I know that that's something that you can't tell, like, a five-year-old, but once he was, you know, nine, ten... 11 because if he starts telling people oh i'm an alien they'll just think that it's make-believe or something yeah but being honest with him about his heritage and then on top of that just telling him that they understand that he's different and that he's special but then working with him for him to accept that well i think that was a big part of the reason why he didn't get his powers until later because they wanted to make him as like superman as possible and they did and they did a great job but unfortunately if he would have had his powers from birth the way that superman did then they would have had to deal with it from birth yeah and in order to have this movie go the way that they did without having to put in a lot more effort they had to give it a reasonable explanation as to why he would become evil and drunk with power immediately after getting his powers which is why he got him at an arbitrary date which was his 12th birthday right and i understand that like that's the whole reason that was a horror movie but i'm just saying in response to the fact that he didn't know whether or not she would have been able to put an end to it I think that that the one way that they would have been able to put an end to it is by being honest with him. It would have been funny if he killed these people, and then his dad took him out to the woods and had an honest talk with him, and he's like, you gotta use your powers to do good. And then it shows him later on making a Superman outfit. That would have been funny, <laughs> And he yeah. became Superman. That actually would have been really great. <laughs> on top of that, so, so he drops her, and then there's a plane flying by, and he crashes the plane into the house. Did he... He must have brought Kyle's body back with him, because they said that they identified the remains of Kyle. I'm guessing. So he could have gone back and gotten him super yeah. quickly, like he's super fast. So That's true. Wouldn't have been hard for him. That's true. But no, I kind of that was a really great way to wrap it up, and that was the smartest thing he's done as far as being a super villain, I guess, and hiding his identity and making a smart move to actually cover his tracks was to bring a friggin' cargo or a passenger, small passenger jet down on his farm and have the corpses of his parents there because yeah they'd be pretty fucked up if you're hit by jet parts yeah yeah so that all makes sense and, and it's the only thing that would have made sense too for destroying the house the way that it was destroyed like yeah and then we have the news blips at the end where they're showing the different things that he's doing to the town yeah afterwards and oh the world well most of it said it was in brightburn though Really? Like, building in Brightburn gets destroyed, like... I different... saw office building in Brightburn gets destroyed, but I thought he was doing stuff in other parts of the country. No, I think it was mostly just Brightburn. Like, That's he boring. hadn't ventured out from that yet. 
But she's a small town kid. He's working his way out. <laughs> Just a small town kid. But now that that last stinger scene where they kind of give the idea that this might be a larger universe, as much as that's getting to be kind of a tired crutch for movie studios to make more money and to, to pad things out, I actually do really kind of want to see if they, they follow through with that. Because another one of the movies that was made by the same director is a movie called Super, which is basically what would happen if a real-life person wanted to become Batman. And it goes just as poorly as you'd expect, and he's just as deranged as you'd expect. And it's not a horror movie, more of a... I don't even know what you'd call it, a thriller maybe, but it's a dark comedy, honestly. And it's, like I said, it's really, it's called Super, and it has Blake from The Office. And it's basically just if a deranged person decided that they wanted to be Batman. Rain Wilson. Was he the one becoming Batman? Yes. <gasps> Why haven't I seen this movie? He literally yeah. makes himself a red costume and gets himself a pipe wrench, and that is his superhero weapon. And he just beats people up he thinks deserve it. And it is a good time. It's but that is actually one of the blips, uh, one of the little stills that they show in the uh, the mock Infowars guy played by Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker, not Rooker. Darius Rooker. No, not Darius <laughs> Michael not Rooker. Rooker. Slightly different. <laughs> very, very, very different. Uh, <laughs> I I loved that so much because. Yeah. Alex Jones is a fucking crazy person, and he did such a good job of imitating him. And mm. the whole half man, half fish, because that's actually something that... Putting chemicals face? in the water, turn the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> but Actual I'm, quote. <laughs> I'm assuming that, that if they do do it in E... You said doo-doo. Doo-doo, meh. If they do do a an extended universe for this, then they'll do Aquaman and... Half man, half fish. Wonder Woman. Well, I said something about a witch that uses ropes. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's what that was supposed to be. Probably Wonder Woman. And like and... I said, in the, I think it was the bottom left of the, the six stills that they show is uh, Super, which, like I said, in my mind would be basically the Batman of this universe. Yeah, okay. So who else do you think they would do? I don't know. I really don't know. That's Maybe hard, Flash? Uh, I don't like the Flash either, by the way. Yeah. You don't, don't like the Flash? I don't like the okay. Flash. It, it's anybody's guess. The original Justice League is kind of a weird ragtag group that's changed multiple times. So. Maybe right. the Arrow. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, so, favorite part. My favorite part. Oh, boy. I don't know. Oh, I was thinking we'd all have the same part. What was your favorite part? No. No. That's cheating. I don't know. <laughs> favorite part or favorite thing that like or theme or whatever that was going throughout the movie. Oh, My favorite part, I guess, is when uh, eh, probably just when Badger was trying to deny that this stuff was happening. Yeah. Okay. I I'm gonna do a little bit of a cop out and just say that this movie was made that it was made at all that it was made rated R that it was as accurate as I was hoping it would be as far as like what would really happen to some of those superpowers. So yeah, my favorite thing about this movie is that it exists. <laughs> That's fair. That's pretty good. My favorite thing about the movie is him being a kid while also being a psychopath while also being a superhero. Like, he still has little kid tendencies, but also has these other things going on that are way outside of the realm of a little child. Yeah. So. For sure. Uh, most hated part. I didn't like the horror. The that they tried to No, the horror. Oh. Like, they tried to throw in some... Little scares here and there, and like some horror stuff, and it just didn't float. Okay. Like what? What in particular? Just one example. Like, uh, who's having the nightmare? Tori's holding the baby, and like she just starts bleeding out everything. Uh, Kyle's yeah, having the it. Dad. Yeah, and like he looks at the baby's face, and it does like a quick like. Bah! And I'm like, I get over it, guys. 
guys. Like, that's not even what this was about. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't great. To be fair, he probably would have been having that nightmare about it. I mean, honestly, like, all the regrets that you would have about yeah. taking this baby home. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I get it. I, I definitely yeah. get it. It was unnecessary. It wasn't that kind of horror. Um, mine was, if I had to pick one thing out of those scenes that I was most frustrated with, that's a hard choice. But her saying out loud to us, and for no other reason than for them to just think that we're fucking stupid and need to have our hands held through that scene, saying out loud, ship, that cut him. And then running towards the barn. Like, that, that bothered me a lot. Like, And technically, this movie was made for adults. It was not made for children who aren't going to be able to follow <laughs> that along. It was yeah. made for adults. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, Most you're certainly. right. You're right, you're right. <laughs> My least favorite part about this movie, I think, was just Tori's incessant denial. Instead of just having an honest conversation with any of them and thinking like, hey, yeah, no, he definitely has been acting weird and not even looking into it a little bit was definitely frustrating for me. Yeah. It lasts the whole movie, except for the last maybe 15 minutes. And most horror movies, the in denial parent spouse partner, whatever, gives in on that within the first, usually, like, 20-30 minutes of a, of a movie. And this lasted the whole thing. Up until the point where everybody was dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, there's something to be said about the attachment that she had to this child that she felt was uh, some gift that was given to her. And I get that, but at a certain point, it has to start being more rational than ridiculous love conquers all. Alright, so scariest moment in the movie. I don't have one, I don't think. Oh. I kind of figured that would happen. It's not really like a scary movie. Yeah, it's not really the point of it. And I, I don't know. You have to do some ring stuff to actually get me going. Yeah. Well, why don't why don't we do this instead of the scariest part? Why don't we do the part that made us the most uneasy? Oh, that's what I was going to do anyway. Or there, like there was squeamish or whatever. Like, instead of doing something scary, since this one didn't have a bunch of jump scares, didn't really have a scary monster per se, just do something that made us feel uncomfortable. Probably him burning holes through his dad's head. Because mm. he, he screamed for a while, so he felt it for a while. Yeah, that would hurt. For me, it was there were multiple scenes where there was a confrontation between him and his dad, or him and a teacher, or him and someone. And you kind of see a little bit with the uh, the girl, I don't remember her name. Caitlin. Caitlin. Those scenes whenever his dad starts yelling at him and grabbing his arm, and he gets that look on his face, and you're thinking, like, is this the scene where he's going to snap and kill everyone? Those are the scenes where I started to feel like the tension of him maybe becoming the monster that we all expect him to be. And I think one of the first times is when they're in that diner and he gives them the gun. And they, yeah. He tells them, like, stand up and go now. And he says, I want it. Like, it's mine. Give it back to me. When he starts really, like, pushing back on his dad, that's probably what started to make me uneasy, I guess. The most uneasy that I felt the whole movie, like, things made me feel squeamish. The glass in the eye, the, the broken jaw, all of that stuff made me feel squeamish. But the thing that made me feel the most uneasy was how high up he took his mom into the air and just mm. it, it had nothing to do with her as a character it just had to do with me me thinking logistically how long you would have to think about what was about to happen to you before it actually happened <laughs> like you knew you would know what was coming and there was no way that you could stop it and you would be thinking about i mean the time that it took them to get up into the air and then the time that it took them to fall back down to the earth that made me so uncomfortable. What kind of rating system are we using this time? I don't know. I think we're running out of rating systems. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do let's do stars this time. Ten stars. Kay. Ten stars. All right. Overall rating. I mean, mm. I don't even know if we should bother even talking about spooky. It's not really a scary nah. movie. Overall, I give it a nine out of ten. Okay. Because it was original. Mostly. 
I was not expecting that. Yeah, I mean, it was a very original concept for the most part. I mean, it, we've had comics, you know, where heroes turn villain and stuff, but this was a little different. Okay. I would also give it a 9 out of 10, to be completely honest, for more or less the same reasons. I, like I said, I really appreciate this movie got made at all, that it was made in R, and that it is the likely next step for a lot of these comic book movies. They have to start branching out into other genres before they, we start feeling that pretty serious superhero fatigue. There's only so many times you can see superheroes save the world before you know they're going to save the world. I would also give it a 9 out of 10, and that's a big part of that is because I don't know if this was the intention or not. Like I said before, there were certain things, certain conversations that felt almost like comedic. They felt almost like they should be in a sitcom, like him throwing the lawnmower. and mm, The whole badger scene. The whole, yeah, badger the whole badger scene all of the conversations the hushed conversations that happen between tori and kyle feel like parents in a sitcom talking about the fact that they just found their kids porn stash and they don't know what to do about it those things and then on top of that the originality of it the kid who played brandon was actually a really good actor for a kid actor yeah he was really good and all of the kid actors the other kids were only in it for a short amount of time but they were all pretty decent and the cast was good and it was a pretty good movie overall yeah yeah it the might, they did a pretty good job considering I'd imagine this movie didn't have a great budget that's probably a big part of the reason why they saved so much for the end but really didn't I was really excited about this movie and it did not disappoint so I'm glad hopefully you guys enjoy it too so what are we doing next week? That's his pick. Well, for starters, I'm going to recommend that people read the story At the Mountains of Madness by H.P. Lovecraft. Mm. It's very good. It takes a long time to get built up but once it does, it's, it's very good. Was there a board game based off of that? Yes, there was. Okay. I played it. I didn't know if it was based off of it or not. And that board game is actually super duper fun. So I recommend that board game bouncing (laughs) off of that. Super duper. Super duper. So that's my book recommendation for this week. Okay. And I think next week we're going to watch It Follows. It Follows. Another very original horror movie. Yes. Okay. So if you haven't haven't seen It Follows, definitely jump on that. Check it out. And uh, hopefully we will discuss it next week and we'll be able to write our new thought. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Yes, thank you. We'll see you next time. This has been the Hounds of Horror. We'll literally see nobody. We won't (laughs) see you next time. But you may hear us next time um, through your sound holes. We won't even hear you. This isn't a back and forth. This is just you hearing us. My statement stands. (laughs) Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Hounds of Horror. If you enjoyed our podcast and would like to know how to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash houndsofhorrorpod. If you support us on Patreon, you get access to some cool Patreon-only items, or just have the satisfaction of knowing that you're helping us create more content.